Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Perry, favorite board-certified interns. Find me at drbarrypierre.com as well as the CEO of Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself with better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, as well as education. This week, we bring you Sarah McGriff, who is going to be talking to us about mental health in the black community. She's going to be talking to us about her new book. And more importantly, she's going to try to explain how she's able to balance being a full-time nurse, working during the pandemic, as well as writing a book, as well as having her own film company. Guys, this is a very, very busy person. I'm just excited uh, for you to get to a chance to listen to her and to kind of listen to her reason why uh, she stresses the importance of mental health and community and why that was actually the motivation of her book, uh, Mind Under Troubled Waters, right? So I'm excited for you again. Like always, if you have not had a chance, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, send this uh, episode to 10 of your friends, tell them to subscribe, tell them to share. Uh, appreciate you guys' support. podcast is sponsored by the lunch and learn community merchandise store living out the motto empower yourself for better health at the store you can get your favorite t-shirts coffee mugs even wristbands and more for a limited time you can get 10 percent off your next purchase using the coupon code empower 10 that's in power 10 e-m-p-o-w-e-r 10 just go to shop.drbarrypierre.com to pick up your purchase and get 10% off to date. And remember, 50% of your purchases will be donated to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation, a nonprofit organization for high school students. All right, Lunch and Learn community, you just heard an amazing introduction for a person who I'm actually very interested to talk to. Um, you guys know I have such an affinity for you know authors you know i have affinity for the discussion of mental health even though me being you know a a physician internal medicine physician who takes care of the medical side um, i preach on a day-to-day basis that um, if you know you don't take care of the mental the physical means absolutely nothing Um, and you know that's because i really truly believe that so sarah first of all thank you for joining you know taking the time out to really enlighten us here on the the lunch learn Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Right. Give mm-hmm. a little introduction of what, what's going on with you. How are you doing? But like, in case someone skips, because I got some, I got listeners who like to get right to the main episode, get okay. right to the nitty gritty. What's something that someone may not know about you? Just, you know, off the first glimpse or like, you know, just like, you know, if I need to know who Sarah is, who is right. So, um, I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse. Um, I've been in the medical field for since 2003 and I've been a nurse since 2010 so I've just and I'm a cardiac nurse that's what my specialty is but just like you said I'm also very interested and a strong advocate for people taking care of their mental health because once the mind breaks down then you know the whole body just kind of goes down with it so I'm definitely um so that's I'm 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 a big advocate for mental health especially in our community um it's still a really big stigma still very controversial to um you know discuss but uh, I just really want to make light of 
everything, you know, just it's time. It's past time. It's it's past time to just get the resources and to just talk to our people about getting the help that they need for their mental um, weaknesses. You know, what I, what I love that you say about that is because I think uh, a lot of times we, especially us in the field, um, because we're kind of enriched in it, right? And where it's kind of around us, mm-hmm. we may we may sometimes thinking that like, oh, you know, people have heard enough of it. But you're like, no, no, no. Like, we still need to be kind of screaming from the rooftops, you know, this importance of getting our, especially our own community, getting our community together, getting our mental health together. So I love that you're like, like, yeah, I've, I've been in this, you know, for a long time, but like, I still think a lot of people need to hear what I got to say. Yes, that's true. And I mean, even in 2020, you know, it's still controversial, especially, you know, where I live at. And, you know, just coming from, you know, African-American background and our community, we're so stuck on, um, you know, just having spiritual healing through, you know, there's just, mm. you know, we, we have somebody to just be like, oh, no, just pray about it. And, you know, I, I, I plead the blood of Jesus on you. And there's nothing wrong with prayer. There's nothing wrong with seeking spiritual guidance. But we also, God placed these people on earth. He placed, you know, these people on earth too for us to talk to and for us to speak to. And we need to access that. We need to be able to, you know, come out of that stigma that, you know, mental health is um, a joke. Cause a lot of people in our community think it's a joke. They think it's not real and it, it's very real. And we see the effects of it. You know, our young men are just suffering. Our young women are suffering. They're suffering in silence and, you know, they're ridiculed for, speaking up or they're told not to speak up or they're afraid to speak up because of the stigma behind mental health in our community. And it's, it, we really need to break the mold from that and go beyond what we've always been taught to suppress our emotions, suppress our feelings, to just basically ignore them. We, we need to stop that because it's killing us. You and, know, and, and, de- and definitely more ways than one, for sure. Yes. And what I love it because I uh, you you mentioned the fact that you know our young men and our young women you know are being stifled. But I, I always tell people you know those young women and young men you know who become emotionally handicapped right because they don't you know address their mental health related concerns become mm-hmm. old men and old women who become mentally handicapped from addressing their issues their concerns especially from a, a mental health basis so yeah. uh, it's not like it just affects the young and by when you get older you kind of grow out of it no like if you don't you know take care of what exactly. you need to take care of mm-hmm. early you know we have the the uh, the adults and then the older population who still don't know how to they deal with exactly. um, you know typical situations that you should be able to deal with right now and speaking of an atypical situation obviously you know when we're recording this uh you know this you know we're getting close to the end of 2020 like how has this like pandemic Right. Really just kind of affected you and, uh, and your, maybe your goals and issues. And, and then when we talk about the mental health, how, how do you think a role this pandemic has played has, as far as highlighting it? Like, exactly, like, what do you think about that? I really think um, this pandemic has highlighted and heightened people to rec- come out and just finally recognize, you know, 
everybody is just suffering through something. And, you know, in, in this day and age, you need to be careful about how you talk to people, how you speak to people. Everybody's walking on eggshells right now. Um, people are just ticking time palms. You don't know what's going on in the person's life, what they're dealing with. I mean, just from the healthcare worker to your regular people, you know, out here on the streets who unfortunately may have lost their jobs. A lot of people lost their jobs. Um, a lot of people lost their homes. Their businesses are closing down. You know, that, that takes a toll on you. And it's very important that we finally recognize, um, you know, hey, we might be suffering from some depression or we might be a little moody or we just might be a little anxious just about, you know, daily things that's going on in this pandemic. But, you know, those little things can blow up into something more big if we don't recognize it and, you know, get the help that we need. So it's very important. And as for me as a nurse, it's taking me on a whole nother level. I mean, nursing, just being in the healthcare itself is stressful enough, but this has really brought it to, to a whole nother level of, wow, just, you know, it, it makes me feel, you know, kind of like, deal with my own or come to terms with my own, you know, mental weaknesses and how to, and that's why I just delve so much into, you know, writing more and just as an outlet, some people don't have that outlet. They don't have a way to deal with their mental things. So they suffer in silence or they find unconventional ways to do it instead of seeking help. You know, it was, it was important, especially as a, as a, you know, I'm as a physician as well too. And I work in a hospital. Um, I think one thing I tell people now is that this pandemic has really, like, I always was like aware of my mortality. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and now when you have this pandemic here and, you know, we are working on the front lines and we're going to where the sick people are. Um, like I remember, you know, me and my family, we actually ended up like kind of making sure our wills and our life insurance and stuff like that was updated just in case. Right. And that was that was like yeah. a real thing. And so imagine you have, you know, people across the world, across the states um, who work in the field who now have to kind of deal with that reality that they may be going to work and they may be they may pick up a deadly disease from a patient that they're taking care of. And then they may bring that deadly disease back home. Yeah. Uh, and so it's such a, a, a tailspin of, you know, you know, m- from the mental standpoint. So I, I, I 100% agree. Uh, I, I think if you're if you have friends and family member uh, who is unemployed, underemployed, um, business went down, all these things that are happening. And, and and you have no and now no what makes it worse is now you have to socially isolate right so you can't even be around close friends and family like you typically may be yeah right? so so now you're alone right having to deal with all of those emotions mm-hmm. and that's what Sarah, when Sarah was saying like like hey we got to like try to take care of this when we're young because you have a lot of adults who don't know like how to deal with the stresses that they're dealing with like today in December 2020 uh, from this pandemic so I yeah I I 100% agree. It's a, uh, we definitely have some work to do to, you know, to, to get ourselves like really on board. Like, and, and like, so talk to about, talk to us about, you know, your, 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 your issues as far as like how we should be advocating, right. Or just how important it is for us to just advocate in general. Well, first of all, um, just advocating in general, we need, first thing we need to recognize the problem within our own community Um, We definitely need to make ourselves more aware that, you know, mental health 
is real is um it's it's out there it's more prevalent than what people want you know that that you know they perceive it to be so we definitely need to recognize that and then once we do that we need to start advocating for ourselves our own people we need to encourage them to get the help they need and as far as you know when we stem out into the world especially you know i see it every day as a nurse um you know we have a lot of healthcare providers that don't look like us who kind of don't take the um, issues of African-Americans seriously, not only just physically, but mentally. Um, they think we are faking our symptoms. They think we're not, um, you know, just, they're just, you know, drug seeking or, you know, it's, it's, and it's really sad because we're so disadvantaged on a socioeconomic and health um, level. And as a nurse, it's important for me to be an advocate for my patients and to speak to these doctors on behalf of my patients, especially my African-American patients, because they don't really get the resources and the help that they need. So it's important that we not only do we advocate for each other, that we try to bridge the understanding or the communication between African-Americans and those who you know, are in the field taking care of us. You know, we're we're here to we exist and we definitely need, you know, that outreach, we need that help, we need that assistance. I mean, I just not just, you know, on a mental level, you know, we are so vulnerable when it comes to other things, um, just you know, birth rate, diabetes, um, heart disease, HIV, all of this other stuff. We're just at an economic, we're just at a socioeconomic and health disadvantage period overall. And so many of us are dying from it and it's not, or suffering from it. And it's not, it doesn't have to be that way. And it should not be that way. I, I love that. Cause, and again, we obviously we're talking about mental health, but I mean, you hit it right on the head. Uh, you know, you pick a disease, uh, we're falling behind on that as well too, right? Yes. Like you, you, you said uh, maternal health, you talked about obesity, diabetes, hypertension, HIV, like, like all of these, like we're always seems to be behind and, uh, and especially when you have to be an advocate for your patient, like I know, and I could see it in my patient's eyes, like when I turn the corner and they realize I'm the, their doctor, mm-hmm. right? Like they, it's just a, it's a, I could, I could just tell, like I, it's a smile. It's the way they look. It's the way they perk up uh, yeah. because they like, all right, someone who looks like me is going to take care of me mm-hmm. and is going to advocate for me. Right. And, and that's just, yeah. a, that's such a huge benefit, especially you know, we, we especially we work in the hospital, so we catch people at you know at their lowest, right? Mm-hmm. We catch people, you know, when they're they're definitely not feeling good mentally, yeah. physically, everything is going around them, and we're like the beacons of light that they typically get to see on a day to day basis. Yeah. And, and when you're the beacon of light and you're advocating, you know, for your patient, you know, that does such that's like regardless of what medications I give, um, mentally. If you know that the person who's supposed to be taking care of you is actually taking care of you, mm-hmm. uh, that goes that goes so much further. So I, I, I definitely love I love that. And and you and you definitely hit on some of those stigmas that uh, unfortunately, oh yeah, you know, we we um you know we suffer from right. Like it's you know the I, I it's funny I wrote a I wrote a blog post about this the the aspect of prayer and mental health, um, and you know the fact that you know a lot of times we do use our spirituality to 
you know, mask our, our need for mental yeah. health care, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that we just really don't believe in it, right? Like, sure, for a moment, we just don't believe that, you know, we have issues that we have, right? We don't believe yes. that we're anxious. We don't believe that we're depressed, right? We don't believe that we have all of these things that are like, you know, you know, weighing down upon us, right? Exactly. Because we can't, we can't physically see it. Uh, but we definitely, we definitely feel the symptoms, right? We feel all the symptoms associated with it, uh, but yeah. because we can't physically see it, or more importantly, like you noted, uh, because our community doesn't necessarily come together around it, we don't want to seem weak uh, around others. Exactly. So if, if so, if I don't want to seem, if I don't, if I me, if I don't want to seem weak around, you know, my colleagues, my friends, I'm not going to say I get depressed sometimes. Right. I'm not going to say true. I get anxious sometimes. Right. I'm not going to say I get fearful uh, sometimes because that that that, you know, allows, quote unquote, weakness to slide in. And we That's don't want to be seen as weak. Well, though, and um, I'm, I'm glad you touched on that because the whole weakness, not us being want to be seen as weak, it really stems from generation from slavery. Um, when we were first brought over, we were we could not show emotion. We had to, you know, be still or hold our emotions. And when we saw these slave masters raping our women, you know, lynching our men and stuff like that. So um, a lot of our emotional or mental, you know, uh, um, handicaps just come from, you know, our ancestors, our days of slavery. And, and I mean, even now, um, if we, we show aggression or we show anger, then, you know, we're automatically angry. We're aggressive. We're, um, we, we're, we're, we're seen as a threat, especially black men. And, you know, with women, whenever we black women, if we voice something, then we're, we're, we're told that we have attitudes and that we're, we're angry and all of this stuff. And so, you know, that, that's just a generational ancestral thing that has plagued our community for mm-hmm. way too long. And, you know, it's just, it's not, it, it, that that's not the case. It's just for a lot of people in our community, it's a cry for help. And it's a help that we need that we don't always necessarily get. Oof, I love it. We'll touch on it. So you, you talked about when, when even you yourself are starting to feel kind of the pressures with work and life and everything else, um, you know, you kind of go to the writing, right? Let's, yeah. let's talk, let's talk about your writing. And most importantly, I want to talk about your book, but like, what, 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 what was it about writing that was allowed to be an outlet for you to kind of get your emotions, your frustrations, whatever that thing is that you get out there? What was it about writing that, um, you know, led you to that direction? Thank you. Um, I've always been an avid reader, writer, ever since when I was a little girl. I've always wrote poetry, um, short stories. And, you know, I picked up on it more once I became a nurse, um, just dealing with the everyday stress of being a nurse. You know, I had to find an outlet of, you know, a way of dealing with that because you, you know, um, some people find other ways. They may eat more. They may drink more. I didn't want to, you know, fall into that category. So I, I wrote, I started writing a whole lot more. And, um, and that's where my first, that's why I decided to write my first book. Um, and the inspiration for my book, Mind Under Troubled Waters, was pretty much based on a 29-year-old um, black male who just found out he had stage four kidney disease and was having to go on dialysis. And he tried to commit suicide a couple of times. 
So that was my basis. And, um, you know, that this young man had no one to talk to. His family just, you know, really didn't understand. Doctors were, like I said, his caretaker pretty much dismissive of his, you know, his grief, his, I mean, he, he just did not have a way to express how he felt. And all of it, and it just takes just sitting down talking to someone. And I know that is very hard now these days working in the nursing, you know, working in the medical field. But you have to do it. It has to be done. And, and you know, just recognizing that, you know, like I said, these people are having mental issues. That's where I come in as a nurse. You have to be an advocate for your patients. You have to be an advocate for your patients when you, you know, work as a physician. So that's where, you know, my thing for writing came. And that's how I wrote my first book, Mounted on the Troubled Waters. How long did it take you? How long did it take you to write? write the book. I always wonder, because I always like to think about like that thought process that my authors are getting. Like, how did long did it take you to like, like, I'm going to start now. Did it start with like, I'm going to start writing this book or were you just kind of writing and all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I, this, this might be like a book here. Like how, what was that mental process? Um, it, it took me four months to write it total. Um, I was a little hesitant at first because I was scared. Um, I actually reached out to another um, nurse who has her own publishing company. She's an author also. And, you know, she just kind of told me, just don't think about it, just do it. You know, you can't let fear hold you back. And that's kind of, um, you know, I've always allowed fear of the unknown or, you know, just uncertainty to hold me back. But this time I prayed about it and I just, I didn't allow fear to hold me back. I just feel like God put this message in my heart for me to get out to other people. So it took me four months to write the book and I wanted to do it. I want to do a fiction book, which I did because I wanted to target, you know, black male and female teenagers so that they can understand it on a more, you know, personal level. But the book definitely deals with a lot of things that is going on in our community. So the book is about a um, young male basketball player um, who suffers from mental illness. Um, he's like 15, 16 years old. He aspires to, you know, he, he's conflicted. He wants to be a NBA player like his dad was, and he also wants to be a um, you know, a mental health counselor for children with disabilities because he has a brother in the story that suffers from autism. So he's conflicted with that, and you know, between you know his overbearing father just hammering him about being a NBA player and you know other people, he 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 feels the stress of dealing with that and he doesn't know how to deal with it with that. So he, you know, he finds ways to deal with that, which is, you know, unconventional ways. And, you know, like I just like I was saying, if you don't talk to people about it, or if you try to reach out and dismiss like he is in the book, um, it, it, mental illness just goes, it, it goes deeper and deeper into a stage where you're unable to control your emotions. So that's pretty much what's happened with him. And then not only do I, you know, speak about mental illness in the book, I also talk about a lot of other stigmas that happen in African-American community, um, particularly incest, rape, um, feminine members covering up rape. Um, Mm, okay. Oh, you, you, you go, you going in. You go. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I went all in. I I went all in. And (laughs) so I, it, and to me, I I really wanted to address that because 
even now, you know, there are a lot of children who are being molested and sexually assaulted by family members and, and it's being covered up. It's not, and these children are suffering in silence and then this goes on into adulthood. Just like you said, you know, if this is not addressed as a child, it goes into adulthood and they, they reap the unfortunate benefits, the backlash, the hurt and the pain from that. So I, I definitely um, wanted to address that. I just feel like we as a community, we need to start harboring, you know, our family members, start making excuses for these people who prey on our children. And so that's what pretty much what the book is about. And I wanted to, you know, do it at a level so that, you know, young people can understand and relate to it and hopefully it'll help them to come or, you know, uh, you know, address their own fears. And if they know someone that's suffering, you know, encourage them to come out and, you know, get the help that they need. You know, I think the most important thing, what I love is just the fact that, you know, really acknowledging and, you know, kind of, you know, shouting that say, hey, you guys do not need to suffer in silence anymore. Right. This this is like we, we are aware that depression is here. We are aware that anxiety is here. We're aware uh, that, you know, fear is here and we, we want everyone to get help. Right. And mm-hmm. there's no point uh, to do it alone anymore. Like that's that's, that's not that's not the wave anymore. Yeah, that's uh, and, it. And especially because most of us can't do it alone, right? Because if, mm-hmm. if it was, if it was, if it was common and okay to do it alone, we would just say like, "All right, y'all, you'll be okay." But clearly, um, a lot of people aren't okay because a lot of people keep trying to do it alone. So I love, I love that it's like, nah, like just talk about it. Just you know, tell just a friend, tell, yeah. tell somebody, right, who can help you get to the next level, right? We're not, we're not expecting people uh, to be able to go run and you know book their therapist appointment, but you got to be able to tell someone, right, who can give you some direction, right? And, and yes. people are here, and and all the people are here, people are here to let you know, like it's okay to feel the way that you're gonna feel, right? And we're not gonna, we're not gonna look down on you while doing so so where can they find where can they find the book where can they find the book at like the book is on um amazon.com you can just look and i've i got a copy of it here so i can i don't know if you can see that so okay perfect and, and I'll, trouble. I, I love it and Thank then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make sure we put it uh in the show notes as well so you guys will have a, a direct link uh to her book um now it, any more books is, is this is this one of many that's about this to come is one talk? of many um actually yes. um i'm kind of putting it on i'm putting the book thing on hold for now because i i just launched my um film production company Ooh. and i yes and so i'm actually working on a um docuseries a web series that i want to try to put out you know for black history month next year praying that everything works out so I'm definitely going to be writing another book um, sooner than probably later than sooner. So yes, I'm working on that, but uh, I'm just, I'm so thankful. God has been so good to me and I'm just thankful for everything. So we got, we got, got, you know, owner of a film production company. We got author, we got nurse. All right. So talk uh, before I let you go, talk to us about this film production company because I'm intrigued now. I want to know what, like, how'd you, how'd you move into that direction? Okay, so I mean, once I started, you know, once I got into my writing, I um, I got interested in you know, you know, the film production company, and I actually met up with a guy who owns a film production company here close to where I am, and I just wanted to 
come on the you know the set of one of his shows just to see how it's ran and he actually gave me the opportunity to write a couple of um movie scripts for his company on um, christian movie f- scripts so i've done that and we're processing we're in the process we we had started filming for one but one of the actors then unfortunately passed away so we're having to kind of put that on the shelf for now and so that's what made me want to start my own film production company. So I did, and it's called Feel the Real Productions. And I want to use this as an opportunity for other, you know, black women or just minorities in particular to be able to have an outlet to produce their own or have their own, you know, ideas and stuff come to life on film. So that's where I started at. And so my first docuseries that I'm going to be doing is called um, Damn Sis, You Can Still Clap. And it's pretty much about encouraging black women black women just need to encourage each other and you know i'm just going to be focusing on stories about black women their achievements you know what they've had to overcome and how we as a community can come together to support each other and not be jealous of each other and not be envious of each other because there is so there everybody out here can you know eat they can get the bag they can get all of that there's no need to be envious or jealous of the next person because you know they're 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 doing their thing. So I really wanted to do that. So I'm and I'm thankful that and I've I, I'm just praying that everything works out for the greater of the people. Oh yes, I, I'm gonna pray. I'm sending prayers prayers your way for sure. Thank you. And and so of course I gotta ask because this people uh, this is a question I always get asked like. Hey, Dr. Barry, how do you find time to do this, 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 and still do your, you know, your job in healthcare? So how are you finding time to, you know, be able oh, to it's, it's, such an amazing career man, in nursing it, and it's just gotta, I oh, mean, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard, but I've just gotten to the point where, you know, just just get it done. You know, life is too short to be, you know, trying to you know, be nervous or be scared. I know, I know there are some people that are nervous and scared about, you know, fulfilling their dreams, but, you know, just waiting around to do something, um, you know, time passes by, time doesn't wait for anybody. So I'm just getting it done. I'm just going forward and whatever, you know, you know, whatever I slip up on or whatever I make a mistake, you know, it's, it's a learning experience for me so that, you know, I can do better and, you know, not make those same mistakes again, but I'm just doing it. I'm, I'm just getting everything done. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm for you. So be- before I let you go, you got to let the people know how they can find you, um, where they can follow you, where can they, you know, obviously we already talked about where to get the book, but let's say where they can get the book, where the film production, like if, like give, give us all your promotional details now, that way we can go and take, and obviously remember listeners, I'm, I'm going to, everything she says, I'm going to put in the show notes anyways, but I want you to hear, you know, where you can follow her and you know support her because that's that's a this is a this is a very valiant effort um you know she's she's holding the candle on one end taking taking care of patients on the front lines during this pandemic and on the other end she says you know what you know that that's that's great but it's not fulfilling right and i want to be fulfilled right and because i want to be fulfilled i gotta help and i gotta tell people like hey mental health is real, take care of mental health. And I got to be able to bring those ideas that you may have like to the film. So she's like, she wants to get it all because she realizes that like, I like to be fully fulfilled. I need to do it all to kind of help our community. So we're, we're loving her for that. So where, where can people find you? Drop, drop, drop your info. Okay. So, um, 
they can follow me on Instagram at Sarah Carmel. And I also have um a page for my production company that's Feel the Real and it's Real um R-E-E-L Productions. Feel the Real Productions. Um, they can follow me on Twitter under S dot Carmel. That's my main page. They can follow my um film um page on Instagram on I'm excuse me, Twitter also is Feel the Real Productions on Twitter. And I do have a Facebook page, um, Sarah Carmel McGriff. And I'm working on my website right now, just trying to get everything done with that. And on Amazon, they can find my book there under my name or under the name of the book, um, Mind Under Troubled Waters. I love it. I love it. And again, Sarah, first of all, again, thank you for really highlighting such an important topic, um, which is mental health in our community. But more importantly, thank you for taking on you know the the role of provider in our hospitals and taking care of the sickest of the sick thank folks you. there on the front lines. But thank you for saying like you know what that's not enough, um, and I, I want to help you know bring our community up. And, and in doing so, I'm I'm gonna spend you know some extra time. Right, it's gonna be less sleep for me. But like in the end, I know it's I know it's gonna be worth it. So again, I want to you know especially from my end, just thank you for the bottom of my heart for that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's, it's not easy, but, you know, the grace of God is just keeping me here so far. Now I'm thankful for it. Thank you for coming to the end of the episode. It is your truly Dr. Barry Pierre. I want to give my undying thanks to you for your support. Just getting to the end of the episode means that you at least enjoyed today's episode. Hope you were empowered by today's episode. Please remember to share this episode with at least two people that you know that would be greatly affected if they did not listen to today's episode. And if you have not already done so, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review. Leave a review there because your support is so, 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 so valuable for what we're doing here on the Lynch Learn and everything with Pierre Medical Consulting. And if you have not done so, go ahead and join the listserv. To join the listserv, it's very easy. Just grab your phone right now. I'll pause. Join the listserv. You want to text Lunch Learn Pod. This is all going to be one word Lunch Learn Pod to 44222. And you'll be on the listserv. You'll know exactly when new episodes are coming out. You'll know about new episodes before they actually come out because I usually tell my listserv members, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is the guests that you should expect to hear for the week on. Thanks, guys. You have a blessed day, and I'm going to see you guys next week.